everyone, it's Rachel again with the Dishes and Doctrine audio blog. Thanks for joining me once again. I hope that this is a place where you can find where theology and motherhood collide in your life. We're heading into part two of our Galatians series this week. If you haven't had a chance already, make sure to check out the post this week. You'll find a link there to listen to last week so that you're all caught up. But this week, we're diving into some more themes that we find in Galatians, and these themes are drawn out of Galatians 1 and 2. Now, I want you to think with me about the high school lunch table. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) This infamous symbol represents much more than just nasty mac and cheese and food fights. Somehow, a simple table and chairs seem to personify an ongoing quest for popularity and approval. Have you ever noticed how that every movie that involves school-age kids seems to also include a lunchroom scene? I mean, I have no like scientific evidence to back that up, but it seems pretty consistent. Really, the pursuit for approval from our peers is never-ending. I mean, look at the mommy wars. We love to sit at the table with those who agree with us and then fling insults across the lunchroom to the moms who have different opinions. We crave that confirmation that we're in the right crowd. So as we move on in this study of the themes of Galatians, I find it so interesting that even the apostles weren't immune to this craving that we all have for approval. Throughout the end of chapter one and through the beginning of chapter two, Paul shares his beginnings as a gospel peddler, so to speak. He was careful to protect the pillars of the good news and did so by having church leaders approve of his message. Their support was vital to his new ministry because they were seeking to preserve the purity of the gospel message as he went out. A few verses later, though, we see a different side to that approval coin. Paul points out um, a discrepancy in Peter's behavior because it seems as if Peter was regularly eating and fellowshipping with the Gentile Christians until James shows up with his Jewish friends. And all of a sudden, Peter changes, quote unquote, tables and sits only with the Jews, hypocritically ignoring his new friends. And this consequence was then much confusion about this new relationship between the Jews and the non-Jews. I really find it interesting that it was actually James himself who takes an entire section of his epistle to address the sin of partiality. Treating others differently based on their outward appearance or even their family origin shows a misunderstanding of the gospel message itself. James says in his book, "'Listen, my beloved brothers,' Has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom, which he has promised to those who love him? So Paul to the Galatians simply had to call out the duplicity in his fellow brother in Christ when he saw that Peter's conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel. Again, we see, just like we talked about last week, that Paul doesn't find his authority in his own opinions, but in the reconciliation Christ has accomplished for believers. So Peter was acting differently with the hopes of gaining approval from James and his crew. And if I'm honest, I use the same tactic as Peter in my interactions with others. I 
often use exterior characteristics to judge some and try to gain approval from others. The gospel frees us from this game of hypocrisy, though. As we read in Galatians 2.20, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. My embarrassing sins and my constant shortcomings have been placed under the death and resurrection of Christ on my behalf. When God looks at me, he sees a righteous woman in perfect standing with him. Because Christ lives in me, I can bestow that same gift of impartiality to others. I can live in light of God's approval by not living for man's approval. In other words, the lunch table I sit at doesn't really matter. I don't have to be or do something to find value in someone else's eyes. My worthiness was already established by Christ's obedience on the cross. And someday those of us who rest in Jesus' work for us will experience the ultimate approval when we sit down at supper with the Lamb for all of eternity. I hope you'll join me again next week for part three of our study in Galatians. And you make sure to catch up on part one if you haven't already so that you're up to date. And I'd also love for you to be reading through the book of Galatians with me as we study some of these major themes. I think it'll bring a lot more to your mind and to your heart than if you just take my word for it. I'd love to hear what you're learning as you read through the book of Galatians, so feel free to share in the comments or send me an email anytime at rachel at I'll see you next week. <laughs>